The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Document my last words as king of Israel. Mark my word. The rock of God spoke to me. He that ruleth over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God, and he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth, by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make it increase? But the sons of rebellion shall all be as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in their place. David is a king that is now entering his old age. In 2 Samuel chapters 22 and 23, we see some of David's last words as he reflects over his life. We also learn the names of the mighty men who have supported him throughout his reign. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. My name is Nikaz Gay. My name is Earl Roberts. Hopefully, we're both on the screen when this records and is video edited. Shout out to our friend Lorenzo Carey. You know, he brought, up, brought us to our attention. Hey, guys, when you guys record on the other format, you guys both are on the screen at the same time. It's kind of distracting. Yeah, shout like, out to Rennie. I was like, well, you know, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because when we record it, we both can see each other. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, yeah, appreciate that. Hopefully everyone had a great week. I had a very, very stressful Friday. So I'm happy to have some Sabbath rest right now. Be able mm -hmm. to relax your mind and just appreciate God's goodness, man. We go back to this story of creation and it's like, in God's infinite wisdom, he knew that man needed a day to rest. A day to just let your brain unwind a little bit, a break from all the struggle, all the... Man, like, bro, it, it cringes my skin to think if we just had all, all work nonstop, bro. I mean, like, some people do that. Like, not, not no disrespect or shade to them or anything like that, but 
I'm just happy that there's like a day worldwide, essentially that, you know, like, you know, most businesses, well, office buildings and stuff are closed on Saturday and you don't really got to worry about like stressing out too, too much. But I, I saw something and I'm just trying to, oh man, I'm trying to pull it up. Um, oh, I'm so mad. I didn't save that because the 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 post was said some something along the lines of the Sabbath is in, essential because God understood. Uh, I've uh, I don't know, man. The um the Sabbath is essential because it helps us against the idol of productivity. Mm. Something like something like that, bro. And I was just like, man, you know what? That's that's so true because. There's always something to accomplish. There's always a higher height to go to. And if left, if left unchecked, we will always be chasing that height or chasing that accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Just as human beings. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling someone the other day, bro, like, I never really have free time, you know? Like, I could reprioritize some things, you know? So <laughs> if I, you want to, I understand that fully, relate, bro. right? Yeah. Cause I'm like, honestly, even if I'm sitting down watching TV, I'm thinking, you know, you could, you could be making a beat right now. You know, you could be editing something, you know, you could be making your tomorrow's work on your nine to five <laughs> easier for you. You know what I'm saying? It's all, it's always something to be done. You and I are home homeowners. Thank God. And in a house, is always stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? Even when we was in the apartments, it's always stuff to do. Wash the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Do your chores. Like, all cut, type of stuff. See, for people who's cut their grass, cut the grass. Cut the grass. Now, that's crazy. That's a whole different beast. Bro, I had to cut my grass during lunch one day this week. I was like, this grass really getting out of hand. And, and, I, I, and during the weekends right now, I mostly like, was on Sundays, I mostly like just studying and then also trying to get stuff ready for the week. So I had no time Sunday gone. And, and then, it happened to me two Sundays. And you know, boy, Thank God the rain don't it don't rain as much right now. Yeah, that's true. And think about studying, bro. You can put 10 hours in, but until you know everything or until you're comfortable enough, like there's always more to achieve. There's always more, you know? And it's tempting to sacrifice your health, sacrifice your rest, you know what I'm saying? Just to give yourself an advantage mm-hmm. or to ease or to ease the load uh for the for the upcoming weeks. By the grace of God, God told us that, hey, I got to put something in place that is a command <laughs> for you to get some rest. Take some time. You know what I'm saying? Unplug. Chill out. <laughs> right, relax, loosen up. You know? <laughs> Excuse me, because productivity could be an idol. I was thinking about sports, bro. Sports come around and... You know, joining these fantasy leagues. My God. When the Sabbath comes around, bro, I am so distracted because I can only think like, what are my te- what is my team doing <laughs> on Friday night? Did you have the lead? You know what I'm saying? Is there anything me I can do as a general <laughs> manager? You know, and last week, last week was really hard for me because that was week one. And I realized that this had become an idol, bro. This taking up too much of my time because even on Sabbath, I can't stop thinking about this. I got to chill out. You know what I'm saying? And so you realize, you realize how just the day-to-day stuff that occupies your six days thou shall labor and do all that work. 
These things really impact us more than we know. And on the seventh day, if we cannot <laughs> let go of these things, we we could if if we cannot let go of these things and just rest on the Sabbath, we now realize how important these things truly are to us. Exactly. But is it, but is it more important than obedience to God? Mm. You know, that's what we that's what we have to consider when thinking about um the Sabbath, the seven day Sabbath. Yeah, man. Like you said it beautifully. Like it's super hard to unplug, but it's definitely needed. It's definitely needed. Like. Even this week, man, I started to like upcome. I probably gone delete delete Instagram for like a while, but yeah, man, it, it's needed. It's definitely needed. Yeah, definitely. And ladies and gentlemen, forgive me. I, I am struggling with the COVID cough. I got a dry cough that is <laughs> unquenchable. Like it's like I'm just doing it just to do it, and nothing is improving right now. So I hate that. I yeah. hate that. Yeah, just like, bear with me. <laughs> yeah, man. God, God got you. God For got sure. you. So this week, we are in 2 Samuel. I think we could finish Samuel this week. Yeah, it's only, only about these last... This is about three chapters. About three, yeah. Chapter 22, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to give an uh, overview. I'm probably talk about two different sections, but for this... In Earl's interpretation, chapter 22 is a psalm that didn't make it in the book of Psalms. For sure. <laughs> it's very psalm-esque. So, and some, of the, some of the things in here oh, we have seen in Psalms, like some of the sentiments mm-hmm. that have been said in this text you can <clears throat> find in Psalm for sure. Yeah. I, I know you had a part that stood out to you. I'll, I'll let you talk about that first. And... I guess I'll I'll say mine's afterwards. I could go first, and I think mine's actually further up in the... Yeah, yeah, go for it. So from 17 to 20, he said from above, he took me. He drew me out of the many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. He, he They confronted me in the day of, of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me up out of a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Let's be honest though, in a bubble, that sounds like I just read that from Psalms. Like yes. you could tell me, someone could tell me that came from Psalms 113, verse 5, and I'd be like, I wouldn't question it. But I would not question it at all. I wouldn't question that. I wouldn't say that come from first second Samuel. But <laughs> but for me, like again, it 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 kind of reminds me of one of my other favorite verses, but it just shows that yo, God was really with him. Like it and this getting down to the end of David's reign. Now we saw in last last episode how he was an old man who some of his younger people in his army were like, hey, you're getting you old. Yeah. You're a liability to us out here. We kind of need you to go back in the city where you protect it. Let, let us handle this out there. And we also saw like how right after that, like about three people in his army went out to kill giants. Was it three or four? I yeah, there was a few. Yeah. I think, I think it was actually four. It was four <laughs> brothers. It was four brothers excluding Goliath. So yeah, it was about yeah. four brothers. And so now we see, so now this this really a reflection of David's. So now, when you think about it, he had a lot of these psalms already in it. He already get a lot of these out. Oh yeah. So this might have even been one of the last ones he really was. Yes, you know. Let me just put the bow on this. This is the summary of it. Now you see what I said? Exactly. He don't give he don't give you all type of psalms when he was in various 
different parts of his life, you know, mm-hmm. different styles. And so all of that knowledge, you come, it's the same God you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we can see, like for for instance, first first home, first two, <laughs> excuse me, when it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, the God of my strength, and whom I will trust, my shield and my horn of salvation. These are things that these are sentiments you hear all the time in Psalms, like even Psalms 91. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like looking at God as a fortress, God as a protection, as a protector. You know, these are, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but these are similar sentiments. We can see David portraying here. I don't know if you were finished with your, um, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially I was, but like, it was just me saying in a nutshell that it just shows that God is always with us. Like God pulled him out of the waters. God delivered him from his enemies, from those who hated him, from those who were so strong for him. So you see, naturally, they were saying, you know, I could not do what I wanted. I could not, I could not conquer my giants by myself. Mm. You were the one who were with me. When my enemies go for it, I want you to. I want you to keep a pin on that verse. Like continue, continue your thing. But I just want you to know to remember that verse because I want to speak to that point later in another chapter. (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) And so, like, when his like they confronted him on his day of calamity, but God was his support. God brought him out of the broad place, and it was because God delighted in him. And so, I mean, we know David was on this roller coasters, up and ups and downs. But we see, like, when he and we've seen it as we went through his life story. When he was at his lowest points, he remembered that, yo, I need to go back to God if all else fails. And it overall, it kind of worked out for him. Yeah, it definitely worked out. So the verse I that stuck stood out to me is verse 26 of the 22nd chapter. Um, but I'm I'm gonna read from 23. It says, for all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. So we see he's identifying obedience. You know, Mm -hmm. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness in his eyes. Verse 26. With the merciful, you show yourself mercy, merciful. With a blameless mind, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. This is interesting to me, and, and it stands out because, you know, the Bible is full of affirmations. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm, a, I'm quite a bit of a pessimist because you look in the Bible, you see good people suffer. You see Job. We see the apostles. We see Jesus, you know, we see where Joseph, we see where people who apparently did not do anything to deserve these things. We see John the Baptist, like people who didn't appear to deserve the fate that they got, went through trials and tribulations, went through hot water. You know, John the Baptist was decapitated. Uh, um, that's a different story because we understand <clears throat> In prophecy and, you know, in the New Testament, those who 
live. Uh, um, those who live blameless lives for Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Some something like that. Mm-hmm. All those who, who live for Christ will suffer persecution. That's that's the writings of Paul, and it speaks to the time that they were in when Christianity was so new and was so hated by the Romans and the Roman Empire at the time. But I think about just bad stuff happening to good people, bro. I really think about that all the time. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm afraid to live my life in a certain way or to experience certain things because I'm like, man, you never know, bro. This this bad thing might happen to me if I try to do this or try to do that. You know, that might just be God's will, you know? But no, God, David is saying, bro, I will be merciful to you. If you are a merciful person, God will be merciful to you. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> if you are pure, um, with the with the pure, you will show you, <coughs> excuse me, with the pure, you will show yourself pure. Mm-hmm. Understand what I'm saying? And it's like, God is abounding in love and abounding in gifts and just goodness he can bestow upon us. But a lot of times we come in our own way and then we forget. We might do stuff in our hearts, do stuff towards our neighbor. And then we forget, turn around and say, oh, woe is me. Oh, why this happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but if we believe in the Bible, of course, there are nuances everywhere in, in every, every scenario is different and there are some nuance. But if we believe in the Bible, I should be able to stand firm in the idea that if I am merciful, if I am blameless before him, you know, he will be pure towards me. He will be merciful towards me. And so this is just like, when I read this, this is encouraging to know. And it should be self-explanatory, but, you know, it's just really enlightening for me to actually see these these words written out loud by a, a, a fellow sinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, So there's one more thing I want to point with that same, like, passage you read, right? So I just was on a little mini search. It's because, and then we talked about it, like, pre-part too. But the part that got me was like, with the pure, you show yourself pure. And in the New King James says, but with the devious, you show yourself shrewd, right? And, and, and to me, I found it so interesting too, because it was like kind of like almost like you saw the parallel the author was trying to go for, like, okay, you're pure, you're pure. God treats you pure. If you're merciful, God treats you merciful. But now it's like when you got to devious, you that's not a, that's not a character trait of God. So now you can't say God repaid evil with evil because God is not evil. So God obviously can't do that. So I went to go back and I was like, okay, so what word was like really used there, like in the Greek or Hebrew and mm-hmm. try to like figure that part out. Right. And so like the root word is, ooh, whoa, I can't oh. pronounce Hebrew words for it. Like, <laughs> it was like pathol, okay. pathol. And it means to, to twist, to be twisted, to wrestle. So it almost says like God will almost wrestle or struggle. You have like a moral struggle. Mm. And and to me, it's kind of interesting too. So it's like now, like you're trying to like, you're trying to be a shrewd operator. You're trying to be devious. But you have God almost outwitting you in your devious behavior. Mm. And I think of like Joseph's brothers, which you guys meant for evil. God meant God turned out to be good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting because we see God, does that a lot 
and and it's, and it's kind of interesting, like how that works out. Like, okay, God, this bad thing was supposed to happen to this person, but it ended up being flippy and it ended up being a good thing. And it ended up being a blessing. Like, how does that work? And we kind of see that in David's kind of reflecting that here, like, okay, God kind of wits people in their evil doing. So it, it, mm. it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. When you are, what's the word? When you are devious, it's going to be some, you're going to be met with some tension from God. You know what I'm saying? Like everything, everything ain't just going to go as planned. You know, like God ain't going to be a co-conspirator and he ain't going to be devious towards you, you know? And then if you look at it too, like think about like what the, one of the first people we know who was like really and truly like a, a real devious one. Oh, Jacob. Talking about Cain? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that man was a trickster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because Cain wasn't really devious, I wouldn't say. He was just a little evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, I could go on that tangent right now. I wasn't defending him, by the way. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but David, um, Jacob, the supplanter. <laughs> supplanter. Mc, Mc, McGrabby. Right. And then guess what? You're right, because his life was full of tension. Full of it. Yeah, bro. Like, it wasn't smooth. Like, he ain't on a smooth ride at all. And then guess what? Who Guess who was being devious? Guess who was being devious in the book of Second Samuel? A few people, but David. You understand what I'm saying? It's who I'm talking about this time around, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we ever hit the fell people like that. Um, David was met with a lot of tension. You know, David's... Bro, David's sins came back to bite him, right? But his... The sense of his children was coming to bite him. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the sense that he committed, it, it it left God was not as merciful to him because he wasn't as merciful, right? And then because God's layer hedge of protection isn't on your family, they could be given over to their natural desires. But now their natural desires still hurt you. You understand what I'm saying? You being affected by the by the actions of others, you know? And as we get, if we finish the chapter tonight, we're going to see how your actions, I probably, we go through this all the time, but we could just see like, that's just how it is. That's, that's the responsibility that we all have as, as, um, as believers. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to ourselves, but also to the people around us, because the things we do can and will affect others, you know, but you know, to, to kind of summarize this, we can see where David was on both sides of that, where he was merciful and blameless. And then when he was devious and shrewd, you know? Yeah, he had a full circle. And, you know, I already see, I, I just was thinking, I was like, huh, we already spend more time on 2020 than we would have spent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I think how God has a way of making that work. So let's see, who knows? We might leave chapter 24 to be its own, but we'll see how far we get. Yeah. Uh, so reading from chapter 23. Now, these are the last words of David. Thus said David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, no. Don't toot your own horn. Hold on, nothing. But you know. No one write the psalms as sweet as me. Right. <laughs> The spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men just must be just ruling over ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, 
a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth, be by clear, shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he was he was he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make it increase? But the sons of rebellion shall be thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who touches them must be armed with iron and a shaft of iron and the shaft of the spear, and they shall be utterly burned with their with the with fire in their place. So, anything you got to say to that? Man, not really. This this David showing himself to be somewhat uh, a wordsmith. You know what I'm saying? Like David had a lot of time to write in his lifetime, you know, and he didn't shy away from doing that, especially in the midst of his trials and his tribulations. But now he's just leaving some, you know, some words. It's almost like Moses is, see, Moses wasn't as poetic. Moses was just straightforward, like choose life or death. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) <laughs> and they have a Moses life, but Moses ain't had the time to slap up, right? I, I, it's done because of y'all. I can't get into the promised land too. Because mm. yeah, Moses did write a psalm or two. You know, you can find psalms in the Bible that were written by Moses. But <laughs> Moses ain't had time to do all that, you know. Too much stress. Too much stress. You know, but David, David chose a more poetic way to say how good God is. You know what I'm saying? And to show like the reward of the wicked, you know? Definitely, definitely. I like how we said, yo, although my house ain't ain't right, mm-hmm. it's not so with God. Like, he ain't even trying to like lie or not. Mm-hmm. Yo, my reign was not perfect. I have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't completely just in some in some cases. I was completely fair in some cases. Like my reign did definitely falls short of being perfect but but you know what i'm saying god still allowed me through his grace and mercy to have this covenant this everlasting covenant with me so like I, you know i'm blessed because of that bro what i'm learning as i'm as i'm concluding my 20s bro the last like two or three years it's really hitting me that it's better to do things the right way one time versus doing things the shortcut way, you understand? Even if that benefits you in the in the short run, it is so risky. The the outcome of that could be so risky. Is like you buy a car, right? Unless you savvy with cars, bro, it's better to buy the car that running and driving. Don't got no problem right now, bro. You buy a fixer upper, <laughs> you fix that, right? You can fix that car, bro. But new problems can arise as as happens with every car. Yep. Now, now you just spend so much time fixing that last problem. When this go by, now that's a chore. Whereas if you had buy the car with everything working, if that one, if the same thing I went by, you'd be like, all right, this is the only thing I gotta fix, and now I can move on. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? In my personal life, I'm realizing, bro, it's better to do things. It's better to take the high road one time, bro, because you don't want to regret not taking not taking it. You know what I'm saying? And um. The thing about David, how, how much times David have to reflect on how <laughs> off things are with him and God. 
<laughs> but it's like, bro, no cap, no lie. <laughs> if you had just done things the right way one time, you would have spared yourself years, years of heartache, years of undoing everything that you just did. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because obviously you don't know the outcome of things beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure if we know the outcome, we wouldn't do some of the things we do. But we don't have the luxury of being all-knowing like God. You understand? Mm-hmm. So because of that, it is wise. It is wise for us, <clears throat> excuse me, to take the high road every time. You know what I'm saying? We could do something devious. We could do something that's not really that acceptable. We can sin, you know, especially when we're making conscious decisions to do these things. But let's think about how hard it it, it becomes to get out of, out of our mess when we're already in it. Like every like our parents always tell us, trouble, easy to get in, hard to get out. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so if we are wise, like let's let's take religion aside. The wise man chooses not to get into problems one time. No matter how much of a benefit it can be if you get away with it. The wise person says, Bro, I, I I ain't bothering with that. I ain't getting in that. You understand what I'm saying? Because that could be too much problems trying to get out of, you know, and that's that's something that's really hitting me that I'm learning through experience in life. It's better you, bro, just take the high road, bro. If you can, do things the right way one time, bro. <laughs> you know, don't take the shortcut solution. You feel me? That's a fact, man. You just save yourself a lot of heartache and pain. And then I just hate doing things. I just hate going back over things. I know I could have just, if I had done this properly, nah, nah, like I, I waste time doing it the first time now. Right. And now I'm mad at myself because I got to do it again because I was thought I would have saved myself time the first time. So now I yeah, spend about three time. times the time on this one thing. Yes. And, and that also goes with, with finances too, you know, like not even finances, like the way you buy. You can buy, and we used to learn this in school. You can, I can't remember what it's called, but you can buy a pair of boots for $150, right? No, I'm sorry, for $100. You could buy a pair of boots for $100 that last you 10 years. Or you could buy a boot for $15 that last you one year, right? Over the next 10 years, you end up spending $150 for boots when you could have spent $100 that last you that 10 years. But now you look at it and you say, hmm, can I, should I buy the $100 pair of boots? Or the fifteen dollar pair of boots. You understand what I'm saying? If you're thinking, if you're thinking about saving money, you might believe that the fifteen dollar boots is saving you money. But over a long span of time, mm-hmm. you're actually losing money, right? So that's why it's like that's and that's that's kind of the analogy I'm I'm trying to make. Though it's better to get the the, the sturdy thing. You understand to get a, a a more safe or more sure thing, or to to accomplish this thing the right way the first time. You know, because it can spare it can spare you time, energy, and sometimes money. Your whole kingdom. <laughs> oh, sometimes your whole kingdom. Sometimes your family can be spared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. David. And it's funny, like if you, like you said, we don't know the con- like he didn't know the consequences, how things would have played out. And I sure can't be too sure, but I'm fairly confident that if he if we know like yo, all this would have happened. Man, he wasn't doing that. Who would do that, bro? Who would do that? Exactly, because I mean, think. Oh yeah, I, I gonna save. I gonna save that for whenever we get to that point in the story with Solomon. Wait, even even Adam and Eve, bro. Who would do that, bro? Bro, 
Oh, who would make that if you had an informed if if you if you could have had an informed decision on that? Who would choose to eat that, bro? I am good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the funny thing about it is, right? Oh boy, oh boy, I feel a tangent. But it's like they knew. <laughs> it's like, and that's, and that's the next thing the devil gets you, bro. Because like you could know, you could think you know what's going to happen, but you fully don't. You can't grasp the severity of what's going to right. happen. Cause you ain't feel it yet. You you know on paper, but you ain't get to experience it. You know. Hey, when they say like, "Oh, what's the worst that can happen?" We we know we we, we know the knowledge of evil. Ah. Think about that though, bro. Like let's let's if we could if we could compartmentalize right and just focus on that one text up until they ate. Who would have thought, bro? Who would have thought, bro? It's only two people on the earth right now, right? Who would have thought they would hide? Um, pestilence and wars and you know what I mean? Like um, kidnapping and all type of crazy stuff. But they couldn't have fought on that. Diseases. Until they eat. <laughs> and now they know the knowledge of good and evil. And now they see potentially all that is at risk right now. You know? You wouldn't mm. know that before. They was thinking they might have sent me him to chill in the garden and eating and all. They ain't even know. They just would have been enlightened. They, they ain't know they was going to lose their home. <laughs> they thinking it's like when you go to college and you learn a few things, you know what I mean? Hey. I'm still the same person, but I learned some more. You hey. know? They get all that knowledge in the face and they think about, well, that's sick. We got to hide. We got to run. <laughs> all that knowledge in the face thing. But I could have come up with that. You see what I said? You didn't need to eat the fruit to come up with that. And the first thing they say, boy, I gotta come from around here, boy. <laughs> oh my, but we we digressed. I gotta we come from around here. <laughs> Look what this woman cost me, dude. <laughs> it was like, you were supposed to be watching me. Yeah, you was around here before me. You know God longer than me. You said, I said, you listen to me? Uh, I just come around, bro. <laughs> You're supposed to know what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, imagine if he was a baby, bro. I don't know oh. what type of man you is, bro. You listening to me and a snake? What type of man you is, bro? You see what I'm saying? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Woo. So, first eight. First eight. Okay. So, we get into interesting parts now. Yes, we get, we get to know the names of some people who were very, very important. So these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. We heard references to these mighty men at different points throughout Samuel, mm. but now we're actually getting some, we're getting to know their names, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, so They're getting some time to shine. Exactly. So we get Josheb, Josheb Bashebeth, the Takamanite. Okay. I don't know what a lot of Takam is. I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. But he was chief among the captains. Okay. He was also called Adino, the as knight. And I'm like, which line you from, bro? Right. <laughs> which line one, you from? <laughs> he, has, he had different aliases when he's on the battlefield. So true. So, so they call him this because he had killed 800 men mm. at one time. Okay. He was okay. trying to impersonate Samson. <laughs> 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 he read about Samson like 300 years ago and he was like, I could, I, I could try to match him. Yeah, I, I think I could top that. And then, so after him was Ele, Eliezer, no, Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Atho, Ahothite. Mm. Man, 
these names. One of the three mighty men with David, when the when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand stuck to the sword. When I read that, I was like confused. I was like, if you're if you're tired, I thought the sword's supposed to unstuck to your hand. Yeah. As in you drop the sword, you're like, I can't fight no more. He yeah. had like a reverse reaction. <laughs> I'm so tired, I can't let go of the sword. That's just that's just him, bro. Some people love the game, bro. <laughs> Man, it's just went on autopilot at that point. <laughs> so the Lord brought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. After him was Shema, the son of Aigi, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop. There was a piece of the ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but stationed, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. Mm. So the Lord brought a, about a great victory. And sometimes be like, okay, so what's the importance of the of the ground and the lentils? But I I, I never put it together. I, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. And then All so right. now in verse thirteen. Then there were three of the 30 chief men went down at a harvest time and came to David in the cave of Adalam. And the troop of Philistines encamped in the valley of Raphim. David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistines was in, the, was, in, was in Bethlehem. And David said with a longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. This, this, a, this hold on, this a, a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a flashback. Yeah, okay. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it and poured mm. it out to the Lord. Kazi, mm. between me and you, if I was one of them mighty men, I'd have been very mad. I would have been, oh, I would have been pissed. Like, what you mean? Hold on, bro. What you mean you weren't drinking it? You were on, you complaining about being thirsty. Why? Well, what was the point of that? You know what I mean? Because nah, hey, I get you your water. Not just thirsty. You want water from this particular well. Real dog. And, and, and he makes you say, by the gate. This particular well, by the and, gate. And, and we very much at war. <laughs> we very much at war right now. So we went to enemy lines, enemy territory to get you your water. And you talking about you don't want to drink it? Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't drink this water, bro. Nah, nah, watch this now. If this was later in David reign, Joab would have been like, <laughs> I speculate now, but Joab would have been like, hey, drink the water. Just, just drink it now. <laughs> David, your men went through all this hassle to get you this water. Now you're acting like ungrateful and not drinking the water. Just drink it to save just, face. Yeah, drink it. Just drink it, bro. <laughs> yeah, so uh, where, they, where, where was this? And in verse 17... And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. It is not the, it is not the blood of men who went in jeopardy for this. Is, is this not is the this blood? Not- yes, yeah, this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy for their lives. Therefore, he would not drink it. These were the things done by the mighty men. I was drinking that, bro. They, you see, they don't risk their lives and, and they still have their life. You see what I say? Like if they, they get killed, I could that would have been a point there, but I don't see this being a point, bro. Like, but you know, Dave was a noble man, you know. Unless he say like they didn't kill all these Philistines to get this water, and I'll be like, No, but there was a war, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying, like, we, we killed it for you. Yeah, bro. Like 
You was the one who can't go back in Israel. Wait, but this was the time, and it was a, okay. This had to be the time when he was running from Saul because he was in the camp. He was running from Saul, but this was in the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did. They wasn't really at war with with the Philistines, but the Philistines wouldn't have liked David still. At yeah, the time. David yeah. wasn't a, David wasn't a boy yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now Abishai, brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief among the three. He lifted his spear against 300 men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Hmm. Was he not the most honored of the three? Therefore, he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three. Yeah, every time I read this, I be like, okay, I'm trying to follow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what I get from this is like, okay. Because we know Abishai and Abishai and Job was still with David in the cave, I think. So mm-hmm. I guess he must he do something. Because like remember, it started from saying your boy was the captain of them. Mm-hmm. He was he was a chief among the captains, the first one, who had two names, Adino or Joe Josheb Bashibeth. Mm-hmm. He was the chief among them. So I think Abishai got a little older now, got a little bit more feats, and he became the chief of the three. Okay. But then it sounded like the three didn't really want him to be their chief, so he wasn't the chief of them three no more. It, it got kind of, kind of a little weird because they say, "How yeah. we not attain the first three? So I guess he got a new three. Mm. So now we see Benaniah was the son of Jehoadiah, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab, the descendants of Esau. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. He killed an Egyptian, a spectacular spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Well, mm. these people were savages. The Egyptian looks so bad now. That's how everybody got to know him. <laughs> Mr. Bardo get killed with his own spear. Boy. So these are the things Benaniah, the son of Jeho Ada, did. And he won a name among the three mighty men. He was more honored than the 30 but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his God. So I'm trying to figure out the hierarchy. If it's just, or if I had it wrong in the, in the first time, like, is it just three mighty men? And there's only like three people who can fill these slots. So just because of your feats, you could be good, but you can't attain the three mighty men title. So I think in, all right. And Grant, so, we, we probably should have this figured out before time, but continue. <laughs> Yeah, so we talk. He talk about we talk about the mighty man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think this a whole different. I think from verse thirteen, this a whole like they 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 talk about other another three. People, <laughs> so they start off with um, Eliezer and Joshua, Basanet, and whoever else, right? But now they saying, hey, but y'all remember them three specific mighty men who to get the water for David? These were um um these things were done by the three mighty ones. I know. I know. 
he did not attain the first three. I, I, I no, I, yeah, I think I get it backwards now. So, right. So, I think that I think the three mighty men who get the water was the Eliezer, Joe Shab, and whoever else I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And now he going on to to name some more mighty men, but they wasn't ready for the the first three mighty men who he named. You know what I mean? Even though they had more honor. Yeah. Well, what's also what's also interesting to point out too, just because this is just a flashback. You gotta remember these men who were with David, they were like vagabonds, man. Right. They were like people who were at serious debt, people who were running away. Like these weren't mm-hmm. it's, it, it, so like I just trying to like draw the I guess parallel, like they weren't mighty men to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These were people who were like almost castaways in society who like clung to David as their leader. Right, because David was in the same boat. Exactly. Exile. And with David, they became mighty men and got all of these feats. And they also supported David because David was nothing without his mighty man as well. So imagine you have a guy on you who you know in a one on a thousand fight, he good for 800. Oh, yeah. But then guess what? He he following a guy who when he was a little boy or a young, a young man killed a giant who nobody could have killed. Exactly. So everybody got a rap sheet, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and see, they they even going back to um the Azahel. And Azahel been dead for a long time. Yeah, boy, the fleet footed one. Azahel been dead for 40 years now. Real talk, I ain't even joking because remember David ran for about 40 years, right? Yeah. Azahel died like within them first couple of years, bro. Mm-hmm. So, so in the 30-something years, it wasn't full 40. So in verse 24 to Luke, because he said, Ashahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the 30. Elahan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem. Shema, the Herodite. El- Elika, the Herodite. Elise, the Paltite. Era, the son of Ekish, the Tekoite. This could be long. Abizan, the Yanothite. Mibani, the Hushite. Look at them. They come about Zalman, the Ahothite. Marai, the Nephilite, Helep, the son of Bana. Okay, there was like 30 of these people in all, 37 in all. Right. <laughs> go, to, go to 2 Samuel 22, 24 to 39. Have a fun time reading these names. But let me ask, but let me ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Are all of these people Israelites? I don't think so, man. Right, because like, I see like, the look face. At, look at look at chapter 37. Zelak the Ammonite. Boom. That's a that's a, a notable, a noticeable name. Mm-hmm. You understand all of these ites? I'd go on to say most of these, if not all of these, oh, it's I, the son of Reba from Gibeah of the children of Benjamin. So <clears throat> there was some Israelites there, but we can see there was a lot of these wasn't like Israelite vagabonds, bro. See, that's what I didn't know. A lot of these men who, who mighty men who came to fight with David. A lot of them was, was from from other countries. It was from around Canaan. Yeah, it was from around. Because remember, where Bethlehem sit, that right by um, um, Philistia. Very close to the Philistines. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. That's just, uh, just really interesting. Like, again, these men were like, a huge part of David's reign and his success. And it didn't come to him as great man, but like God was able to transform them and 
again, to your point, not even just Israelites, other men who were able to come to David and, you know, be transformed through God's help to be like great, mighty men who did great things for God. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's powerful in itself. So do you want to try to tackle 24? Or you want to leave 24 for its own? Honestly, bro, I think <clears throat> I think 24 need a little bit of cross-examination with um with Chronicles. You understand? I I down. So yeah, let's let, we could we could we could leave 24. Yeah. And then I mean I push cover shelf, we could also could just do a full reflection on the life of David. I mean, even though you know. Yeah. Kind of the wrap up with Samuel. Bro, bro, we we been in Samuel alone. I just think like yo, just to just to just to just to go back and reflect on Samuel alone. Gonna be like from Samuel, Samuel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But hold on, bro. We missed somebody, dog. Oh, reach up. Read verse twenty. Verse thirty nine. Thirty nine. Oh, my boy. Read verse 39, bro. The Hittite, Uriah. Uriah the Hittite was one of David's 30 men. 37. 37. He's one of the mighty men. <clears throat> yeah. Bro, that's 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 a little different now, bro. And I wish I had known this when we was talking about that Bathsheba episode because it's a little different, bro. This ain't like somebody who you don't who you didn't know. It's your boy wife, bro. Yo, you you know him very well, bro. You all have been around for a long, you all have been together for a long time. From before, from before your your reign. Bro, and you know what's so funny too? Like, even like, like even with that, you know who also there? Who El her daddy? Yeah. Yeah, El, yeah, yeah, El Hanan. Wait, no, is that him? Elian, the son of Ahithophel. Elian, yes, Elian, the son of Ahithophel. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So David's a yeah. mean one. <laughs> David, David, little messy now. You see, we just stumbled on a little. Another, another talking point for a little bit though. Mm-hmm. So when I, excuse <laughs> me, and this and this kind of slipped my mind just now because when I was mentioning Ahithophel earlier, um, when um Absalom had David on the run. I was saying how it is is generally accepted and believed that Ahithophel had a vendetta against David because her granddaughter, Bathsheba, <coughs> was caught up in all of this mess that David had brought upon them, mm-hmm. right? But let's think about it. We have Eliam, the son of Ahithophel. We know Bathsheba, her father's name was Eliam. You know, we can look this up, you know. And now we have Uriah the Hittite. Bro, everybody right here, bro. Everybody right there, bro. So David ain't was some random person like you say bro if david walking on his roof and he see a woman that would mean this a house that's close to the king ain't everybody can't have that type of real estate bro david's mm-hmm. mighty men live close to him and if and for for a piece of reference we know you riot a hittite because a part of his mighty men you was following david <laughs> you was following david when saul was still alive bro you understand david Reign for 40 years. Mm-hmm. 40 years, bro. And so at this time in David's reign, he had probably reigned for about probably a couple of decades because his children was grown. He didn't even have children when you all when you all first met. You know, when you were first following him, he did he had one wife. He did my cat, he didn't even have children with her yet. So you know the smile for decades, bro. 
for decades and that's how you do him bro this run deeper than this yeah. run deeper than i thought bro and that's probably even why it was such a big deal in all of israel too because it's like hold on now this this is like one of the mean guys you do this to you david could never get away with that if if uriah had caught on and stayed alive david wouldn't have gotten away with that and there's no way yeah that's wild and that's see and and i see why joab is arc the way he arc too because you 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 cost me kill my friend maybe bro you understand so you i ain't listening to you no more bro you mm -hmm. understand right i like i could see somebody who do you that favor do you that solid but now they all in animosity towards you hey bro imagine imagine we was in the trenches together bro we was teenagers maybe you was in the, you was in the stronghold we are do anything for you bro we fight alongside each other blood sweat and tears we feast together i was with you when you meet abigail i ain't try to talk to your wife abigail <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. but now nah, that's the thing when when david inquire of Bathsheba, and someone say oh yeah that's your boy bro that's your wife they would say bring him you know what i mean david ain't try to say as much as I want this girl, Uriah just, is my boy. But yeah, you just let this one go. Uriah killed for me. Just saying, like, bro, imagine, like, if you have a, let's say you have a, like, 5,000 man army. You might not know personally all 5,000 of them then. All of them killed for you, obviously. They're in your army. Mm -hmm. This wasn't some Johnny come lately, bro. This man was a part of your close circle of fighters, bro. Mm -hmm. Wow. He was part of the inner circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I thought Bachiba was behind us, my bad Earl, but I thought I thought we did not get past that though. But yeah, David, David showed David showed that he was actually a little more He was shrewd. Yeah, he was shrewd. <laughs> He's a little more devious than I thought. He was shrewd. Oh man. Thought he would uh Done this stuff behind the scenes, but yeah, no. And 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 I love how the Bible is like still pointing some of these things out because like you still like reading this, you no know, chapters later, and you're just like, oh, it was bigger than we thought. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and and the evidence right there, but you got to put it together still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See now, watch this. You see, we just summarized these names, right? Mm-hmm. Cool, for the sake of time, hold on. If you was to do that in this chapter, you would have missed that point. You would have missed that point, bro. David Snake is one, his own companion. Like, I know what to classify them as because I know what the relationship was like. You never know. David might have never liked like him. You know what I mean? Just because you're around someone, that don't mean you like them for real. But this still, one, it's just like, even if I like you for real, but still, I like, got a respect for everything. You know? I didn't put, think about like, think about what David even put them through too. Like, right. when they had to go to a lot of Philistines because of David, when someone like them couldn't go with their families and stuff like that, like. Some of them wife get take when they go onto the line of the Philistine. You see, they saying they're going to stone David. We've been through so much, but whether you like me or not, that don't mean kill me. That don't mean take my woman. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you was a man of God, like, I would, I would, I would expect that from anyone but you. <laughs> you saw them people that you like, are you supposed to be Christian? Yeah, yeah. People is pulling out normal. Are you supposed they to be Christian? Out. But most of it, it's be so funny because they say for the most trivial things too, though. You know what I mean? Because they have their understanding 
of, of Christianity and they, and if you don't if you don't look that way or act that way, whatever, mm-hmm. they click to show that to you. But you know, if you follow in somebody you know, but you know what I'm saying, this man inquiring of the Lord all type of thing. I would I would think it's safe to assume that he was he would not do such a thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's obviously it's obviously not safe to assume, you know. And so even even as they summarize the the um the chronicle of this of this story, you know, of David, you can't escape all that you do. You see what I say? You can't escape, you forgiven, bro. That's a fuck. Mm-hmm. God has forgiven you, and you are on record saying that you don't know why God has been so good to you or why God kept you in. You understand what I'm saying? And um we can see why we can see why David was so adamant on being merciful to people when he came by. You feel me? I I I, bro, I David is the most merciful guy you ever see. You feel me? He and, and let's just show contrast, bro. He wasn't that merciful to, in my opinion, he wasn't that merciful to the Ammonite who said who claimed to have killed Saul mm-hmm. in battle, even though he's he, by his own mouth, he was saying that Saul asked him to. Mm-hmm. He was just like, No, oh, Lord's anointed, shoot, kill mm-hmm. this one. Your mm-hmm. own mouth testify against you, you know what I'm saying? But now we have somebody, Shimei, who is assaulting and cursing at the Lord's anointed. And David is like, Nobody should die today, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we could see a chip, bro, we could see. <laughs> And and David was a man after God's own heart during that time with Saul. We can see where David is showing even more mercy. Yeah. And so even to the end of his life, bro, when he when he leave it, when he make his last remarks, that's a part of his story. You know what I'm saying? Everything he went through, the good, the bad, and the ugly, they actually are pivotal points in why he is the way he is. You know, why he thinks the way he thinks. And after having experienced that, you know, he could tell us to be merciful. You feel me? He could tell us what happens when you are pure, you know. But then he could also give insight on what happens when you are devious and true, you know. As David's reign comes to an end, we get a record of one of his psalms, as well as his last documented words. But before his story concludes, David does one more thing for the record. He numbers his army. But we'll talk more about that as we conclude the book of 2 Samuel on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your host, the car's gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.